When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Profiler Faithful, it's Matty Kiwum. Welcome to another episode of The Game Plan. First things first, please subscribe to the Player Profiler YouTube channel. Hit the like button on this video and please get ready to leave some comments. Uh, we got a very, 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 very special show on for you guys today. I'm joined by a friend of the show and we're going to switch it up. We're going to switch gears a little bit here. We are going to put on our commissioner hats and we're going to be talking about ways to make to create really good startup dynasty drafts so gang get out your pens and your pads and let's start game planning to build a new dynasty league planners today i am joined by my friend nay i am joined by my brethren he is the co-host of the Trade Gods and the host of the hit morning show, Wake and Take. I'm talking about Mr. Mornings himself, my man, Jason Allwine. What is going on, Jay? This is good. It's always good to be on a show with you, my man. Always oh, good. I love it. I love having you on. I'm super excited to talk today because, you know, we're usually, when we're together, we're breaking down trades. We're helping people get better at their dynasty leagues. We're helping people win their dynasty leagues today. We're going to help them build their own dynasty leagues. This is startup season, right? The NFL draft has come and gone. We are in the throes of summer. Uh, so that means it's startup season. So we are going to tackle a very big project and talk about building effective and quality, long-lasting dynasty leagues, which, of course, starts with that startup draft. Before we dive in, though, you may have thought to yourself, ah, oh, He's already hit me with that surprise question. He ain't got nothing for me today. Wrong. Yeah. Wrong. Of course I got a surprise question for you. You've told our listeners last time you were on how long you've played. You told them what your management style is. Now, let them know how's your offseason going, or should I say the dynasty on season? How's it been for you so far? It's going all right. It's going all right. Been making some trades, uh, really bolstering one of my favorite teams. I run with a couple friends of mine, Robbie and Reese. Shout out to them. Uh, we run a team together that's an 11 11- Offensive starters, eleven defensive starters, uh, very fun league. And we 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 went out and traded one of our linebackers for Desmond Ritter, super flex, and we needed a quarterback. So you know me and my Ritter. Yeah, uh, you got to get Ritter. That's what you're <laughs> all about. 
getting some Desmond Ritter. But when you say we traded our linebacker, the ADP stuff, it's still like hearing Mandarin to me. I'm just like, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. There is IDP leagues that are a lot of fun. But I've always like, wait, a linebacker? Like it takes me back a second. Like, oh, oh, yeah, right, right. IDP leagues. So that's yeah. good. So, do you think that's going to work out for you? You excited to get you? Uh, I don't know. Desmond Ritter share. We definitely traded one of the best fantasy football linebackers to do this, but we uh, we did the same move last year. We traded Roquan Smith in a in a deal to get Trevor Lawrence, and I mean Roquan Smith just wasn't as good anymore. And we also Wait, Michael Parsons. that equates in IDP, huh? Good linebackers can get you quarterbacks in IDP. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting to know. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have to, I'm going to get somebody on here to talk a little IDP, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe that's a, a future episode that we'll have to get together for or something because I need to learn me a little sans sans when it it's comes fun. to IDP leagues. It's fine. It's Linebackers fun. score a lot of points. They do. Yes. Like, cause they get like, tackles. Yeah. Yeah. We had a guy last year. Uh, well, actually it wasn't a linebacker, but just for example of how many points a defensive player can score. Rayshon Jenkins last year, the Jaguar safety, uh, scored 65 points in the uh in the like to in the playoffs <laughs> whoa 65 def- okay see my bra- right, we need to stop here before my brain literally <laughs> explodes here and everyone that's watching live on youtube witnesses <laughs> my mind just go <laughs> all around my studio so let's keep the move let's keep it going yeah. we're talking straight we're talking yeah. commissioner stuff here we're talking building i uh, oh i see there i am again my brain's already on the idp but no we are building dynasty startups today but before we dive in let's hear from the podfather as he talks about the breakout finder oh hey it's a mr breakout finder coming at you the breakout finder features three key tools a database of metrics that includes speed score college dominator breakout age but also breakout finder only stats like dynamic score, level of competition, teammate score, all of these things are part of the overall breakout finder algorithm that pinpoints the probability that a player will break out. Everyone's talking about my model does this and my model does that. Well, we give you the data points that go into the model. We have a feature that lets you compare players. And then we give you the precise probability of every wide receiver, every running back sorted and filterable by class year. So when I'm talking to my friends and I need to show them why I'm so bullish on Player X, I pull out the breakout finder and bam, there he is. So go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's five bucks to get the breakout finder and then a couple extra bucks to get some of these additional enhanced stats. Go download it and thank me later. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Go get that breakout finder now because it's going to help you win in your dynasty leagues. No doubt about your redraft leagues. It's going to help you. Get them dubs. So, Jason, let me ask you the first question here at the top of the show. What is the most important thing to consider when you're starting a new dynasty league? I would have have to answer those that are filling the league, the league mates. That's the most important part of any when you're starting any league. You want to make sure that you're getting a group of guys or ladies that are going to be active, that are going to be good fantasy football players. That'll keep your league active. Uh, You don't want to find 
seven people that you know are going to be good. And then you're just tweeting out like, oh, we need five more for this league, four more for this league, three more for this league. And then you just got a bunch of randos that end up giving up on the league by week four. And then you're and then you're just stuck with a with a, with a poor league. So the most important thing is just making sure that everyone that's joining is on the same page. Are there any <clears throat> indicators to look for when you're gathering these players, or can you? Or is it like a certain community that you can kind of, you know, pull from? Is there anything that people out there listening that are thinking about starting a dynasty mm-hmm. league can go, say to themselves, "Yeah, this is going to be a, someone that I want in this league." Um, I don't know if I mean it's it's you kind of just got to know. I feel like um, unless like, I mean, like if you're going online to ask, hopefully you would find like maybe a history of them talking about their leagues on like Reddit or Twitter or anything like that. But I mean, probably just starts with, you know, people, you know, Uh, and I mean, I would argue and we'll probably talk about this a little bit more later in the show, but I would argue you don't need to have a 10 team league. You don't need to have a 12 team league. I would always say an 18 league that is always running that has eight dudes in it that love the game is going to be better than a 12 team league with half of the people actually paying attention right so the size isn't necessarily the size of the league isn't the biggest factor it's the right. it's the participation you want to get yeah. guys that are excited and i would say too if you're part of communities like let's say you're in uh the player profile or discord or somewhere else's discord even and you've become kind of chummy with certain people in the discord and you're like, Hey, I kind of want to play in a league with you. And they're like, yeah, I would love to. That's a good way to start. it. I mean, that's, we're going to be referring a lot to the TJF, the trade gods invitational league mm-hmm. this year, because Jason really spearheaded that, that getting that, that league going. And I think he's, he introduced me to a few different ways of starting the dynasty uh, league in the startup draft in general that I found to be so much fun. And I thought yeah. it brought so much to the table. So if you hear TGIF, if you come in a little bit later and, and you have, it's, we're talking about TGIF, the Trade God Invitational Fantasy League. So that is the, the league that we started, and that's what I want to build this conversation around. So that we, hadn't have, we didn't have a problem. We had a show. So I guess that's one way you could do it, right? You can uh, start a podcast on the greatest fantasy, fa- fantasy football platform on, on, on planet Earth, um, yeah. you know, and then get guys in the Discord and then build a league because I'll tell you, that league has been – on fire. It's a little quiet right now. Boys, boys, if you're listening, anyone from TJF, you know, let's get let's let's pick it up a little bit. It's got a little quiet in there. We need to start slanging some deals. Uh, I do have one follow-up question when we talk about who should be in your leagues. Are you opposed? So what are your thoughts about having league mates that you don't really know in your league? Uh, I mean, it it really just depends because I mean, when you're I like to take a, a step back as the commissioner. Like obviously for the most part the commissioner is going to know everyone in the league. But you have to also think about it of the people in the league. They're not going to know everyone. In fact, they probably already don't know everyone. So bringing in a stranger isn't the worst thing in the world because it's going to be a stranger to most of the league anyway. I would say as long as you can, they they show an interest, they say that they're going to be active and they seem friendly enough that it's probably fine. It's probably fine. Over the last two years, this isn't really a point on the commissioner side. This is the player side. I've, you know, people. I've been in a, a dynasty league, and someone in that league posts, "Hey, my buddy's starting this league. Who wants in?" So I've just been kind of diving into more dynasty leagues so that I can just stay fresh, stay current, and just keep the keep the weapon sharp. So I've been do- diving into a bunch of di- new dynasties. So I've been in a ton of startups, and I don't know any of them. And I can say firsthand, it doesn't matter. You know, there's a lot of cool people in the fantasy football community, whether they make content or they just like to enjoy the content and win in their leagues. Uh, I, You know, I've been in a few leagues now with people I've never met. And 
we're wheeling and dealing and talking and and joking and building rapports. It's pretty amazing how how much we can come together when it comes to, to fantasy football. So I'm with you there. You don't have to know everyone. Um, I do. We all love our home leagues, right? Where yes. we have our boys from high school, our boys from college, you know, our friends from forever. So those are fun. They do hold a very special place in all of our hearts. But mm-hmm. you don't have to know the people. You could get to know them over fantasy football, which is is a great thing. My next question for you is: Do you have a preferred league format or league settings type of thing? Yeah, I'm not a big full PPR guy. I think that it uh, inflates a couple players a little too much uh, relative to the rest of the field. So I do find myself being a half PPR, starting to come around to the tight end premium. I think that helps Mm -hmm. a lot. Uh, But yeah, so half PPR, tight end premium, I think is a good way to go. I do not like to kick kickers out of the league. I know I did it for for trade gods uh, to kind of just appease the masses there, but I am honestly a fan of kickers and fantasy football. And if it comes down to it, I'm really not too much of a super flex guy. I love super flex leagues. I'll play them. But I like to treat fantasy football like real football. And on a real football team, if you're being a manager, you're only trying to worry about one quarterback. You have your franchise guy. And so I just kind of like the the, the thinking of that, the, the mentality of just having your franchise quarterback on your fantasy football team. But super flex leagues are definitely more competitive. Is that kind of how you think about your leagues? Do you try to put yourself in the the feet, you know, in the shoes of a team builder of a of a yeah. GM in the NFL? That's what I do. I like to do it's the most. Yeah, fun. exactly, and that's why I like the one QB. It just feels right. It just it's like I've got my guy. I'll surround him with some weapons. I'll bring in a good running back or two. <laughs> Get him a good a virtual O line. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's awesome. I, I'm with you there too. I, yeah, I've been heard. I've been, uh, you know, what I've kind of heard was uh, people call leagues with defenses and kickers as dinosaur leagues. I like me a dinosaur league. I love the strategy strategy that you can get. My my home league um, has kickers, so yeah, you have to strategize. And people at the end of the year will be able to trade kickers for not a lot, but a third exactly. round pick is possible. I mean. Uh, uh, kind of like a no, no, like a running back that didn't get any touches type of prospect, but has some promise. Like you could make moves. So I'm with you there. So we're saying we're helping build a great dynasty league. We're both on the same page. We like to keep the kickers and defense. I don't know about the defense. I, I'm an IDP guy, so I don't like. Oh, so he's a snob now. Is I that just what don't like you become a snob. It's just like too random. There's so many weeks where it's like, oh, you've got to play the defense that's playing the Jets, and then oh, what is ha- what happens? Mike White throws for 400 yards, three touchdowns. <laughs> that <laughs> is what happens. Yes. Um, yes. So I don't like betting on a whole team, but I feel like it's a lot easier. Maybe not easier, but more fun. You know, as I talk about, I only like having one quarterback. I think it's fun also to get a safety, get a linebacker. Get a defensive lineman. So you do you defense. prefer IDP? Like if you're building your dynasty startup, are you in? You know, you have the complete keys of the castle. You're yeah. running the show. You're doing IDP. Hundred percent, hundred percent. If you remember, Trade God started as an IDP league, but we voted to remove it. We did. We it was like what two players? I think I put. Was I think it was one. one. I think it was just yeah. one. IDP yeah. flex. Cut out. Cut it. Cut it right on out of there. Yeah. But we are keeping the kickers in. We are keeping the kickers. We're not doing IDP. Because I'd be, I'd be left in dust here. But, I mean, if you like the IDP and if you have a, a group of friends that want to get in an IDP league, like those are the type of the leagues, in my opinion, that you should look to start on your own. Because you yeah. want to, you know, get bring in the people you're comfortable playing with and, and get, like, a good 
a community for the league. And then you just kind of try new rules, try different things, learn the IDP system together where it's mm-hmm. not just one, you know, one Hawk comes in and just starts taking over. So uh, it's a pretty good, but we're going to we'll keep. So right now we're building our perfect startup uh, uh, dynasty league. You have it as a one quarterback, <laughs> one kicker yep. IDP league. Yep. Do you yep. like to have uh, deep starting lineups or deep yes. benches, or do you like shallow? Yeah, and I think that that probably comes back to me liking a smaller league with like eight players. I'd mm-hmm. rather have an eight-person league with massive rosters, so it's still competitive, still difficult, but you've got to manage less people. Uh, and, you know, uh, it's a little bit maybe top-heavier, all that fun stuff. Everyone's got their superstars. Uh, but I think that just works out a little, a, a lot better for everyone. Yeah, and when you're building your startup, when you're getting something together, you want guys who are active because you, mm-hmm. you know, startup trades are a ton of fun. Yep. Uh, it's just like it's like a whole different set of values for players where you're trying to conceptualize player for player, but you don't exactly know what player you might get if you're getting a future startup pick. Like you're in round three and you're getting a five, you don't know who might be there. So mm-hmm. it's, it's fun to kind of conceptualize who's going to be there. Should I make this move? So uh, that's another bit of tip for me. I think you would agree that you need to have uh, you need to have guys who are ready to get out there and wheel and deal. It just it makes it so much fun now. The one thing I wanted, I, I, you brought it up and I let it go, but now we're going to bring it back. Superflex. Superflex. Yeah. Like you like the one QB. Now, uh, what, what what would you say? A lot of people would argue that it's the most important position in sports. And if you have a 10-team, 12-team league, that's not even half of the NFL starters mm-hmm. being rostered. So are you uh, a guy that wants single quarterback if you have a big league, or are you just one quarterback across the board? I mean, I'm. I, I think I'm one quarterback across the board, really. I mean, I, I know, I know, I know. I just, I just like it. It, it it's. I guess call me a traditionalist, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, the traditionalist. I like it. Me, ah, man, it's weird because I was so against Superflex for so many of my fantasy football uh, playing years. I just thought it was so goofy how it changed values of of the entire draft, you know, startup picks became so important to have high end picks. So you could get those big dog quarterbacks. But over the years, I've kind of switched because there is a place for your Desmond Ritters in a super flex where one quarterback, even if you like Ritter, you're not winning with Ritter. Like even if you have a good team, you're going to look to upgrade from those Ritters, maybe the Kenny Pickett's, you know, Jordan Love, Sam Howell, the fun quarterbacks. So we don't know if they're going to be something yet or not. They're really irrelevant in one quarterback. But what is really, really tough about starting a dynasty league, doing creating your startup and having a super flex because you're really giving a massive advantage to whoever wins the ping pong game battle and gets the first, second, third, fourth, fifth pick. Because you're coming away with, you know, your Josh Allen, your Jalen Hurts, your Joe Burrows, Patrick Mahomes. Like, the best players go first. So we did something a little different. I said, I, you had the idea uh, in the TGIF, you started it with an auction. Now, auctions becoming more and more popular to negate, to kind of go against that that you need a top pick and you need to just get lucky to have a chance to win. So why don't you walk our listeners through how you came about it and what exactly we decided upon when it came to a TGIF startup. Yeah. And just real quick to just to go back to the super flex thing, just real quick. I do want to say that 
while yes, it makes those kind of fringe quarterbacks more relevant, it still comes down to the dudes winning the league with Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert, the same as it would in single QB. Like no matter what, it still comes that comes down to having the elite quarterback. So I just think, you know, just do it. Just just have the one quarterback, but just it does do make it. it nice. It does make it fun having Desmond Ritter on your starting roster when you normally would it. But back to the draft. So yeah, the yes. way we kind of tackled this is well, we had 14 teams, right? All people that we've never met before, fans of the Trade God show. Mm-hmm. And it's how do you get people together for a long auction? The answer to that is you can't. You simply can't. <laughs> Plain right. and simple. So we did a five round auction just to worry about the top level talent. Because at the end of the day, that's what the concern is. When you have a snake startup draft, the person who picks first is getting the best player, regardless, like through the top five, really. And then it like there is a teardrop there. So if you allow a short auction to get those top level players out of the way, then you can go back to the classic snake. We've switched it to a slow draft. But yeah, so we did five rounds of auction that takes out the top. I mean, what was that? 70 something players? Uh, yeah, it was 14. 14 times five. Yeah, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, someone, well, t- someone in the chat tell us. Five is 60. So you've got, uh, you've got a few more so of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 72? 72? Let's not 72. make ourselves look any dumber. Let's just say it's more than 60. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not anyway. make ourselves look any worse here. Anyway, players taken. <laughs> right? Yeah, and they're all yeah. the top There were a players. lot of players taken. Yeah, and it's all the top tier. So then, you know, it's at that point, it's just like, oh, okay, who, who's fighting over Josh Palmer? Really? Eh, whoever gets that pick, I guess. So we, you, what you do is you set up this auction, and then you end it as the commissioner. And then you set up in Sleeper, like we use Sleeper for this shout-out Sleeper, you set up mm-hmm. a supplemental draft, and you can change the draft order and everything. Uh, we did, if you, whoever had the most auction budget left over got the number one pick. Which was yeah, another don't, way don't get into. I want to get into more detail of that, yeah. so we'll leave that aside okay. for a second. But yeah, because I thought that was such a cool wrinkle. Yeah, it was. It was. It helped uh, because you know then it lets the people who you know didn't spend up for Patrick Mahomes, it lets them get Bijan Robinson or C.J. Stroud, right, or right, Bryce Young. Uh, so it was. Yeah, it, it worked. Or Anthony Richardson. It worked really well. Um, and I would definitely suggest doing a short auction followed by a slow snake draft. Yeah, that, that I felt like that was the perfect way to do it. Any league that I start personally from now on will go by that format because it puts all of the strategy in our hands, the the yep. team builders, the general managers, right? Exactly. Where you now have a bunch of different things to play with. So in your head, you're throwing out, who should I throw out for the auction? Who should I spend up for in yep. the auction? Should I save to get that rookie draft. So you, t- you, you teased it a little bit. Now I want to dive into it now. Cause I thought that was such a fun wrinkle. So basically how you had it was we had our auction draft. So we had, is it called fab at that point? Or is it just your funds? I don't know. What's the your budget. I think, I think budget, budget. Yeah. So you we had our initial budget and the rule was through five rounds. The one who had the most money left over would have the best pick. The one who had the least amount of money left over had the last pick in the first round. And then the subsequent players followed in between. And it just lended a second uh, additional layer or another layer of strategy. So how did you how did you come up with that? I think someone suggested it in the, uh, in the chat, actually, the league chat, which kind of just goes back. We didn't really mention this, but as a commissioner, it is important to be fluid. 
Uh, mm. You've got to take feedback. You've got to maybe post up some polls, see how the rest of the guys are feeling, you know? And uh, yeah, I think that that was a concern when we were like, what are we doing? Like, how are we deciding the rookie draft order? Because this is a startup and we right. did already decide to split up the rookie draft and the startup, uh, which a lot of people don't do. A lot of people just have the rookies in the startup, but we right. wanted to split it up. And the way or we the decided picks are that, in there. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, but the way we decided to kind of split that up was the budget. I don't remember who who suggested it, but I think it was someone in the in the league chat. And that just goes right back to the the, the first, one of the first points of this show. The one we're talking about building a good dynasty league is having active people who care and participate, not just in the fantasy side of it, but in the building part of it. You want to have guys who can throw out good ideas. And even if there's some bad ideas, that's fine. You kind of have someone to filter through them. You don't necessarily need to uh, be the, 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 the dynasty dictator, if you will, in yeah. your league when you're starting. You could take some you know criticisms and some ideas and kind of fluctuate uh, or flow it through the league and see where you're at which was such a fun wrinkle now have you played in other leagues where they had uh the 101 as draft picks that you select in in the startup i actually haven't um i'm new-ish to dynasty only been playing it for three years if you count keepers i guess i did keeper mm -hmm. that switched to dynasty i have always had very experimental leagues uh this is funny that i'm walking into it uh, it started as a keeper league, and then halfway through our keeper season, we were like, screw keepers. We want to switch to dynasty. So then it was, you have your keepers, and then everyone that's not kept goes into a league-wide auction draft as the dynasty mm. startup. And that was really cool, too, because yeah. it eases you into it. It lets people, you know, trade the whole season to get the players that they want to be their keepers. Right. And then everyone that wasn't kept goes into this auction startup, and then you're building your team based on that too, which is kind of another way to tackle it. If you want to, you know, ease into dynasty, you can start as a keeper and then do an auction. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't remember what the question to that was, but that, that's how no, no, it's okay. it's okay. <laughs> I, was, I was asking you if you had ever been in a league no. where the pick, the picks themselves were in the auction. So usually yeah. it's like kickers are picks yeah. and then just in the group chat, let everyone know that I just selected the one Oh three. I was like mm -hmm. the one Oh four and so on and so forth. But I love the way that we did it with TGIF. So not to pat yeah. ourselves on the back or the, our league mates on the back for suggesting the idea, but I thought, man, you really cover all your bases because yep. you, we have an auction short auction. Yep. So everyone gets a chance to go after all the quarterbacks. I think the best quarterback available after the auction was Jared Goff. Yeah. And I think like Derek, yeah, it was Goff. It was Goff and then like Carr. Kind of yeah, that so that tier of quarterback. So the, the best did go, and that lends to the fairest way to go about it because mm -hmm. this is going to lead me to my next question. You know, uh, how important is it to be fair when starting a dynasty? You don't want to lend certain people to have certain advantages, right? Yeah, no, I would say go as fair as possible, and that's why I really liked how we set it up, especially yeah. it being a trade gods league. We wanted to facilitate trades, and if all the teams are unequal, in some capacity, then you're not really going to be able to facilitate trades. But the fact that everyone has a superstar, everyone right. has a decent enough bench, everyone has about the same roster construction outside of those that may be spent up for the Patrick Mahomeses of the world. Uh, it, it just works out better for everyone. Everyone, like we've talked about it on Trade Gods, there is, as of now, no one's roster in that league looks like a clear and away favorite to take, to mm -hmm. take this league. Uh, and that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, you want the parody. And and I know people listening might say to themselves, obviously you want it to be fair. What a dumb question. But I mean, I think you can attest to this too. I am in some leagues with so a bunch of Ivan Dragos. And what I mean by that is their philosophy is if he dies, he dies. Like just yeah. 
they just yeah. let things go. They may, you know, I know last year that circumstance of Monday Night Football, Cincinnati Bengals and Buffalo Bills was completely abnormal. And, and you know, luckily everything's turning out to look like it's going to be okay. But at the in that moment, I was yeah. in some leagues where people were like you should just lose if you didn't have a, you know. Uh, people would be asking, you know, I had Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen, and I also had T Higgins and I was down 35 and they're like, no, you should lose. And it's like, well, I don't, I don't really know. And I know that's a, a very specific situation, but even when you're starting a dynasty league and you're building the startup draft, there are people who will be like, no, I don't care if you don't think it's fair that you have the 12th pick because you now don't get any of the good quarterbacks. I don't care. That's just how it goes. Like there are people that just, like I said, Ivan Drago's. If he dies, let him die. That's just how they go about it. But the way we did it, and the way it was, we brought it to is, and again, I got to give you kudos to this because when you were starting the TJF, the amount of questions you asked the league mm-hmm. to me had a lot of value. So, uh, is that important to you? Like when you're building a league, let's say outside of TJF, let's say you're going to be starting one next week. How important is it to have an open line of communications with the people who will be in the league? I mean, I think it's really important, but I think you also might agree. And we kind of talked about it a little bit. I was probably a little too loose, a little too, hey, let you guys give some advice. Um, There is definitely a line that has to be crossed. And I actually do thank you for pointing that out because that has definitely been an issue in another league I commissioned where it's just constantly running polls, making sure everyone's happy. And at the end of the day, someone's going to be upset. And as the commissioner, you do sometimes have to swing that hammer. You have to make that decision. But I would say as much as possible, let the league have at least some insight. What I started to do is when I run these polls as the commissioner, I've made my vote worth like half a point uh, where everyone else counts as a full point. And that's been kind of cool, too. Um, Just kind of like I can't be the deciding vote, but I'll at least kind of have a say uh, and all that stuff. But, you know, if it's something like... um, like an issue that needs to be resolved. If I, if I may, if I may, I had an issue in a league. We had a rookie draft <laughs> yeah. and um, the veterans were in the rookie draft pool and that was never really talked about. It's just the default setting for sleeper in a rookie draft. The veterans that are available on the waiver wire um, are there and it was a single QB league. So there were some quarterbacks there um, and somebody took like Aaron Rodgers or whatever, instead of like Anthony Richardson and like the third round, like uh, Whatever. Don't worry about the values. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. this, isn't a, this is not a conversation about values. This is a conversation about yeah. starting and operating dynasty leagues. Right. And um, so somebody commented like, hey, wait a minute. Like, that's not a good pick. A, like he should have taken Anthony Richardson. And B, I thought this was only rookie picks. I've been trading some of my rookie draft picks because I didn't really like this rookie class, all of this stuff. And I was like, well, you are right. I did never explicitly say I put in veterans. So I reset it, you know, I let him pick Anthony Richardson, all of that stuff. But then it caused another issue because the guy who had picked Anthony Richardson after Aaron Rodgers was picked got really upset. He was like, well, I wanted Anthony Richardson. <laughs> it just like was this whole, yeah. this whole thing. Yeah. And then so I just kind of eventually I paused the draft for a whole week. And I was just like, you know, you guys like we're just like, it's not that big of a deal. I would have just let the guy get Aaron Rodgers or whatever. Yeah. But um, anyway, what how I ended up resolving it was I just ended up trading with the guy that made the bad pick and traded for that pick, made sure not to pick Anthony Richardson and let the guy who was upset he didn't get Anthony Richardson. So I kind of took the bat as the commissioner yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Like I I, I gave up a lot of value, uh, not a lot of value, but I gave up a more than fair market value for the draft pick that caused issues 
to eliminate the issues and just get oh, the wow. league back on track. <laughs> so you took a bullet for the greater good. Wow, you are not a commissioner, my friend. You are a freaking hero. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you for your duties and commissioning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was like, I'm going to leave the league. I was like, no, you're, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> You know, this reminds me of you ever. Um, you might be too young for this. Uh, this I'm a little older than you. Do you remember the old? Uh, it was I can't remember. If it was Budweiser, Bud Light, Coors Like one of the beer commercials with the Real American Hero commercials. You remember those? Real American heroes. Yes. <laughs> and then it became Real Men of Genius. Yeah. That that's that. This would be the time we salute you, Mister Fantasy Football Commissioner, Mister Fantasy Football Commissioner. This is this is our chance to respect the commission, baby. Yes, 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 yes. So again, we're talking about building good dynasty leagues and startups, all that good stuff. The ways to go about it to have a long lasting, fun league. We've covered a ton of bases, but now this is one of my favorite topics to bring up. Is do you have any creative or fun rules that you like to use? You mentioned being totally open to, to new things and, and new avenues to have fun. Because at the end of the day, people, the most important thing that Jason or myself can tell you is when you're starting a league, you need to focus on fun, right? Fun is the reason why we do this. Fun is the reason why people tune in to the game plan and to trade gods and to wake and take is because fantasy is fun and it's supposed to be fun. So when you have leagues that it's just so bad, 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 and we all are in some of those leagues, it just ruins the fun. You don't want to be the guy who sucks the fun. You don't want to be the energy vampire in your league, and you certainly don't want to start a league where there's multiple of those. So if you're the commissioner starting it, this is why it's so important to pick new people. But, Jason, what are some of those fun and creative rules that maybe you haven't talked about yet? Yeah, I actually have a bad job in all my leagues. I need to probably work on doing, like, the punishments. I do buy a trophy for first place, all of that stuff, but – Nothing like crazy creative. I will say like some just some other like formats I find important. I do do the one point for every 10 yards of special teams uh, kick returns. I think that's incredibly important. You know, special teams is a part of our game. I don't understand only giving punt return touchdown points. Like if a player had a 100 yard punt return for a touchdown. It should be worth 16 points at the end of the day. Okay, yeah, that's fine. I mean, again, that's again. If everyone's on the same page, that that could be a lot of fun. It it just it it helps uh, you know elevate guys' values that might not be that valuable. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, like imagine Devin Hester in that format in his prime. Oh, baby, he's not getting wide receiver points, but hey, he's getting you 10 to 11 special teams points every single week, and that's fine. Uh, yeah, so, Devin Hester, cornerback slash kind of receiver yeah. to help us in fantasy. But yeah, he would have been a great kick returner. That's yep. for sure. If you had those points. Yeah. So that that's a rule I always like to keep is uh, special teams yardage. Tight end premium is something I'm really starting to like just because it lets tight ends be started and flex a little bit more often. You'll often find, if, especially in single tight end leagues, only one tight end or maybe two rostered on both teams. But if you've got a tight end premium that goes up a little bit, you'll see them mm-hmm. flex mm-hmm. a little bit more all of that fun stuff. So I, I like that a lot. And I've already talked about kickers and IDPs a ton, but I, I, yeah. I of course try to have, I try to make my league as much of a football feel as possible. Yeah. I will say I've always wanted to start a fantasy football league. That's the same scoring format, you know, like a standard league, but instead of six points of touchdown, like 600 points of touchdown, <laughs> like just so what matters is touchdowns, just like in the NFL. Well, like, saying. no, just multiply everything by a hundred. Like, 10 yards is worth a hundred points. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> this guy wants 1.5 mil championships here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it would still be operate exactly the same. It would be the it exact same. Like 
it would just it would cause people's m- brains to melt when you post your score. <laughs> but I mean, you would just divide it by you know a hundred, and you would get the yeah. normal range of scoring output. So, uh, okay, that that's and you talked about PPR earlier in the show that you prefer half point PPR. Yeah. I'm still a PPR guy. I just because and you know what it is? It's selfish. It, it is. I won't lie. It's selfish because be. I my favorite receivers are the guys who hog the targets. So yeah, I want it. But I have a buddy that I play fantasy with, and he's like a football purist. Like this kid eats, breathes, loves football, understands it, played it for a long time. So he hates people. He's like, you're telling me that a running back catches a ball for two yards is more points than a running back who runs for eight yards. I'm like, yeah, yeah. them's the rules, baby. But uh, you know, I can understand his point, but I do have five other fun rules that I've come across. And since we're helping everyone listening, build the perfect dynasty league, I'm going to run these by you here. And then we can kind of talk through it. And we'll say if this is something that the person who might be considering starting a new league could bring into their new uh, arena, if you will point per first down, what are your thoughts on point per first down? I I like it uh, just because I mean, first downs, I mean, you should, you want million points. This is more points. Right. Right. I don't know. It's a, I guess it's fine. It depends on how many points you're giving for the first down. But yeah, I mean, if it's worth a little bit more than uh, than just a normal catch, I guess. Like what? But it's tough. I feel like you is if there's a way, and someday there will be a way to where <laughs> it's a first down on third down. I think that's cool. Like you get a third down conversion. Cl- it's like a clutch point. A clutch point, yeah. But like every first down, I don't know. Like. Should someone get an extra point for a 70-yard catch? Like, they're already getting a ton. So, I don't know. Yeah. No, <laughs> see, the, the the idea behind the point per first down, as it was explained to me, was it helps your grinder running backs that do matter. Uh, you know, like, it would help your Derrick Henry score a little bit more, Nick Chubbs, because yeah. they are getting first downs. And then it also, theoretically, the guy, if you're going to receiver X to get a first down and he can accumulate first downs, He's probably one of the better receivers. But again, it's just adding more points to the best players. Like your best stud players will have more points because they tend to be the guys that quarterbacks look to Mm -hmm. to get those first downs when they need it most. So you're are you yay or nay? Okay. I mean, I'll go with yay. I think it's fine. Okay. All right. Are you on league punishments? Do you believe in league punishments? I don't do them, but I mean, like, I feel like there's a place for them. I, I, I do think you should probably. They're more for home yeah. leagues. This is a more of a home league yeah. conversation. But you might be starting yeah. a dynasty league with your with your buddies Definitely. around town, so you could be starting a home league. But the league punishments. So what do you, let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah, I, I do think there should be something. There should be something. I, I know, like a prize we do for winning the league is you get to change the league name uh, for the next oh, year. I've got to figure out something for for a loser. That's not like totally humiliating, but. Uh, like maybe they can't change their team name. Maybe they like have to be like, I suck for a year. I don't know. Something funnier than that, but yeah. Rattling so, around <laughs> my league, my home league, the golden pony fantasy football experience. We're implementing a, a league punishment this year, but we ran into a conundrum immediately. Um, <laughs> the person who came in last is someone we're all kind of debating on pushing out of the league. So now we're in this like rock in a hard place where do we want to have our first ever league punishment or do we want to get rid of the person who doesn't belong in the league? And that's kind of been an issue, mm-hmm. but that's kind of a, a topic for a different day. But what I, what we are, what we have implemented for league punishment and it, we all came to an agreement. We think this is fair. So if you're starting a league now, this is a good thing to put out. There's all the members of the league put down the punishment and then the loser gets to pick which one. So theoretically okay. you got, we have 
15 guys this league. This is a 14 team league. One team has two man co managers. So we have a ton of input. So you do get your outrageous, you know, get a tattoo. But like that was when that not a lot of people in the league would do that. If you don't have a tattoo and you're 35 years old, you're sure as shit not going to have your first tattoo be like a, a football with like dookie stains on it or whatever. You know, you're not going to want to do that. So we have a lot, a lot of, you know, a list of, of things like, uh, eat the hottest wings at the, one of our local bars. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be fun. Someone could choose that because it'll hurt. It'll be embarrassing, but it doesn't like ruin your body if You're that's right. okay. So right. my, and my brother has a league where they throw tomatoes at the loser and it's hilarious. They film it every year. They put the guy up against the wall. He gets to wear goggles and everyone chucks tomatoes at him. But then again, I, one, one year he said he was only hit by like one tomato because you can kind of like, – Oh, everyone missed? Yeah, everyone <laughs> kind of missed. So then, you it wasn't great. Table. You got to yeah. like – you don't get a dodgeball expert to lose the yeah. league because then he's gonna get. He's like doing backflips. Yeah, but, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm I'm strongly in favor of league punishments. Again, yeah, it keeps people honest at the bottom part of your league. And at the end of the day, what do we all hate? We hate when our league has members that kind of stop trying because they can't win. And you understand it. I mean, the people got a lot of stuff going on in their lives, so. If they know they don't have a chance for playoffs, maybe they decide, this isn't for me. But if you put that league punishment, you know, getting that win at the end of the season can be the mm-hmm. difference of having to wear a dress to next year's draft or eating the spiciest wings or whatever the punishment is. So I am very much for league punishment. But this actually parlays into a second part uh, of solving the same issue in terms of guys at the end of the league mm-hmm. still trying. Do you believe in losers brackets, consolation brackets? <sighs> I, I think you should probably do regular season loser for the number one overall pick. Uh, but I do like to at least let the loser's bracket play out, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, to see who actually gets last. But you should probably – yeah, because – well, I will say this. If you can somehow make sure that no tanking happens, that every player sets their best lineup, at least in, in, in theory, obviously you're not always going to be able to set the perfect lineup. But if, if, if everyone's honest, probably go with the loser's bracket just because that's more fun and, you know, keeps everyone engaged a little bit longer. Yeah. But if you know that people are just going to tank and you have no way to, to mitigate that, then just go ahead and do regular season to decide your draft picks. So for me, I, it's a really a new, more nuanced question uh, because like for the TJF, I don't think we need a consolation bracket. I think everyone's, up, everyone's ready to go. And I also think that in the league like this, where you have, you know, some people in the industry, people that at least are serious enough to follow along content creators to try to get better. Um, you don't need to worry about tanking. Tanking is a viable strategy if it's done in good faith. And I think in the TGIF, we have enough football fan guy, you know, people in there that we don't need to have a consolation bracket to keep it good. Whereas the worst pick, I mean, the worst team gets the first pick and all just on and so forth. But in your home league, like in my home league, we had a tanking problem. To fix that tanking problem, we put in a loser's bracket. To fix the problem of that now the worst teams in the league never get better, we implemented a loser's bracket for ping pong balls. So if you win the, the loser's bracket, you get the most ping pong balls, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, whatever, all mm-hmm. the way down. So that it's still a little bit of luck. It's not all about maneuvering yourself because there's just some people in like your home leagues are more I, – I would say more home leagues because there's people that are like maybe not as – I don't know how to explain it. They're just more – they don't give a fuck. You know, They just like they want to – do whatever they want to do, and that's that. So you have to put in rules so that people don't leave the league. Whereas we have a league like TJF, 
everyone's going to be engaged. This is yeah. going to be a league where we don't have to worry about. It. We don't have to hold anyone hold anyone's hands. So I guess that's my general rule of thumb. If you're starting your dynasty league next weekend, this week, whatever, and mm-hmm. you're watching the show to get tips on how to create the best league, my tip to you would be: if you believe in, be honest with yourself. Be honest with with you as a commissioner. Do I have to baby the people in my league? If the answer is yes absolutely institute a loser's bracket if you're saying no everyone can pretty much operate in good faith i believe in that then go ahead and keep it the way you know the nfl does it all the leagues do it where you can uh just let the worst team get the best pick in hopes to getting better and better and better so uh that's that would be my 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 thoughts there let's talk about another rule that's in game so in matchup changes do you believe in performance bonuses so you know an extra few points for a hundred yard rusher or I've seen leagues that get crazy where you get bonus points for the biggest play. So if you do 60-yard play, you get a, this bonus. 70-yard play, you get that bonus. Do you do you like performance bonuses? I don't think so because, I mean, if someone has a big play, if someone has a good game, they're already scoring a massive amount of points, and that's you know just shown by them having a good performance. So I don't necessarily think you need to add a bonus to that. Maybe. I, I might go as far to say if you break a single game record, maybe throw like an extra 10 <laughs> points there. But that's my that might be as far as I go. Like if someone rushes for 300 yards rushing, sure, you broke Adrian Peterson's record, you can have an extra 10 points. <laughs> eh, that's fair. That's fair. I don't like the individual play bonuses, yeah. but I do like the game bonuses because we can all agree 100 yards rushing is an accomplishment. 100 yards receiving is an accomplishment. Like those are standard accomplishments. I think we can all be on the same page. You should get a little bump in that regard. So I, I like full game performance bonuses, but I don't like these plays where it's like you've completed this amount of uh, rushing yards on this one play, receiving yards, passing yards, whatever. So uh, I think we're kind of split there. Again, it's your own as you're building your own league. These are the things you have to consider. Do you want a little bit more scoring? Do you want a little bit less luck? Those all things factor because, you know, a safety can trip and fall, and then all of a sudden a 50-yard touchdown that was going to, you know, get this this team manager a lot of points could get him even more if you decide to go crazy with yeah. all these performance bonuses. So that's where you have to find your sweet spot. Where, where do you want to lie? So the last quirky, fun, added wrinkle to a dynasty league that I actually – uh, learned about, I believe, I don't know if he invented it or mm-hmm. if he just implemented it, but Matt Kelly, the pod father, one of his patron leagues, had the King of the Hill final week. Have you ever heard of this? Uh-uh. Oh, uh-uh. this is, I heard him say it on a podcast years ago, and, I, and I'm in one of the patron leagues now that institutes this, and it's so much fun. So you would have five teams make the playoffs on record. The sixth seed is given to the highest scorer in week, bef- the King of the Hill week. So what oh, you wow. would do is your team could be terrible, but if you want to, you know, throw your all your eggs in your basket, you you want to go make a bunch of trades to really boost your your team right before the playoffs, you can get the most points scored. So it's a complete luck, complete luck of the draw, but it's an added wrinkle that is so much fun because yeah. if you're doing this with your homies, you're doing this with your home league. I mean, the trash talk, the the butthurtedness, the gloating. Oh, yeah. it's just amped up to a whole nother level. So, so I I love it. I think it's a ton of fun. I've I've tried to institute it in my home leagues, but my they're all they don't want to. But maybe maybe that's something that you know if I start another one, we could do. And if you're starting a league now, throw it in there right away because it's something you have to get used to. But if you guys get used to it together, mm-hmm. it could be a whole lot of fun. So. Uh, yeah, the King of the Hill things I'm going with. So that's the that's all I got in terms of the fun quirks. We do have a question in the chat that we that I think we should answer because it's a very good question. So he's asking, 
Josh Moore, shout out to you, Josh. Thanks for tapping in. Any advice for volume commissioners on a macro level? So specifically managing multiple teams with same bylaws, rule, roster settings, scoring, etc. And Josh is actually the commissioner of a number of the patron leagues here at Plant Profiler. So do you have any yeah. info, any any tidbits for him? Any any tips for him? I mean, it's gonna be tough. I honestly I shout out to him for managing so many leagues. Uh that, that's just tough to do. I, I mean, I would just honestly just say to stay diligent that's really the only advice i can give maybe make sure to pop in to every league on monday morning and just say hey how's everyone doing anyone have any complaints about the league something like that something simple to where you can just you know give it give a little check in on the league make sure everyone knows that you're still there all of that stuff um and that the commissioner paying attention and then just kind of touch base and go from there but i don't I can't imagine I, I, there should be a tool one day, you know, like maybe sleeper has a commissioner tool. Shh, don't even say it. Don't even say it. Cause you just, you're about to put a million dollar idea live on the internet because that is a genius idea. Yeah. So, uh, I'll keep we'll that. Talk to about that yeah. Maybe we need to, maybe we need to email pod sleeper. Hit say, us hey. up. Yeah. Yeah. We, sleeper hit us up. we got an idea for you. A mass commissioner tool. Yes. <laughs> yes. They have it for betting now, all the different betting platforms. Yep. You can put all your stats and your bets and all this stuff in this one app. That should yep. be something for, for fantasy football commissioners. Josh, my advice to you would be you have the similar bylaws, so your brain can kind of blanket yep. all your leagues, which is great. If you're thinking about, is this league that? Is this league this? Is this this? this? It, be, it can kind of send your own brain into a tizzy. So what I would do, because they are similar leagues, draw the line in the sand and just play hard. Just That's the rule. So no voting, no changing, yeah. no wiggle room. Yeah, I know we said at the top of the show be flexible, but when you're doing multiple leagues yeah. that have the bylaws, the bylaws is the work. That's the work that you put in. So that's actually yeah. a question I'll ask you in a second, but yeah, the bylaws is the work. That is the code of conduct. That is our you know North Star when it comes to the uh, ethics within the league. Yeah. And once you got that in place, you got the league rosters are all similar. Draw the line in the sand, and if you cross it, you face those punishments. That's that. No ifs, ands, or buts. No committees. No blah blah blah. You you failed at this. You you crossed that line. Boom. You're in trouble. You're kicked out. Whatever the rule is, I would do that because it's just going to allow you to not think about it. When you have yeah. all these leagues, you can have so much effort in thinking about the leagues themselves. If you can remove a little of that, and it's really just standard X, you know, A plus B equals C. That it kind of could be standard you know, operating procedure where you could kind of just blanket the entire leagues and then you know who's this, who's that, and then you could kind of operate that way. Uh, but it also made me want to think of a question bylaws. Should anyone starting a new dynasty league come up with bylaws, code of conduct, constitution, however you want to call it? I would say bylaws are very important for leagues such as the patron league with a bunch of strangers in it uh, because it gives you something to go back to. It lets everyone look at it when, when they're, you know, building their team, trying to figure out what these rules are. But if it's a home league, I feel like it's less important. I think that that's probably when the flexibility comes in, when you know all your buddies and everything, and you're just trying to have a good time. But if you're trying to have a strict fantasy football league, you probably need those bylaws at the very least use the pinned message feature on, on a sleeper, you know, just go ahead and, Right, like if something new comes in, pin it, let people go to the pin messages. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you probably need some sort of structure when you're starting a league, at least a good baseline. Maybe you can even put in your bylaws pending poll changes or something. I don't know, whatever the lawyer verbiage would be. <laughs> yeah, we have to be very careful because Rob the Harry Snowman's in TJF, who's an actual lawyer. 
So we can't be throwing out these terms and he's going to be like, that's not how it works, dum-dum. Like, he's just going to be able to call me out left, right, and center. So, no, I, I do believe bylaws are important. Like, TJF, we don't have bylaws, but I would say we haven't started the season yet. And we're all operating with good faith. So the bylaws, I think, are less important for a league like that. But, you know, if we have the same conversation a year from now, we might have some bylaws in place where, you know, as this league takes off and everyone in the league decides I'm in this league every year, you're not getting me out. Blah yeah. blah blah. Which we don't. We're not looking to kick anyone out. Nothing like that. But yeah. I do think home leagues bylaws are important because if you got some sly dogs that operate in your leagues, you need to make sure that they have a leash that they cannot be out here just running amok. Because I in my home league, oh my land to the loopholes I've had to plug up and the the issues I've had to take care of. It's like oh my god, we have a code of conduct that it's like. People ask me all the time, hey, what is this rule? I'm like, I don't know. I just gave you a code of conduct each of the last 11, 12 years we've been doing this damn thing. You don't even look at it. But my advice for bylaws would be if you're starting a league, have some bylaws uh, if, if, if that would make you comfortable. But I do think you can kind of let the bylaws come to you. If that makes any sense, where you know, if you want to, if you want to have these things listed out, bam, 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 bam. This is the league. If you want in, this is what we're doing. Totally fair. Yeah, everyone's on the same page. But in a league like TJF, where I think, again, and I keep repeating this because I truly believe it, we're all there to have fun and interact with each other. The bylaws, I think, will kind of come either naturally or we'll just kind of cross that bridge when we get to it. So yeah. that's that's all that. So. Um, and then the one big takeaway from this show, thank everyone for tuning in uh, to the game plan as we break down building dynasty startups is what Jason said. Be flexible, be stern, but be fair. But you got to make sure that you're flexible. You can't have just everything one way or the highway, because if you want to have fun, you want to keep people engaged. You want to keep your league mates around. They got to have fun. And, and no one likes, you know, straight and arrow. That's this, this, that you have to do it my way or no way. No one likes that. So yeah, be flexible. So Jason, what uh, last bit of advice do you have for anyone who's looking to start a dynasty league uh, before, you know, the summer's over? Yeah, I do think uh, median scoring is a very fun wrinkle that sleeper has added. I, I love it. Uh, just the extra game against the league median every single week. It helps a lot. For the most part, there's still going to be some problems where you play against the leading team uh, and you're the second highest score and you only go one and one that week instead of two and oh, like you probably should. But still getting that extra win or even the extra loss on the week if you if you really, really sucked, I think does help the actual cream rise to the top of a league yeah. where you don't have anyone complaining like, oh, I, I was the highest scorer, but I got last place because I kept playing against the first place team every single week and didn't get a single win. Uh, at least the median win gives you something. I hate the I hate the median win. I hate it. Oh, I do. Oh, I but it, it. It, I, it, I, I understand it. It it removes some of the goofiness. It's more fair. It definitely yeah. is more fair. But I, I also think in sports and in competition, sometimes you just get the shit but end like, of the stick. But you don't. You can't like game plan or set a defense for the opposing team, and it just like you it sucks. The 1986 Boston Red Sox game plan for Bill Buckner to let that ball go through his legs. No, exactly. But imagine if they had. A median win. <laughs> what if they got <laughs> a win for that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, no, but I get it. I, in, in fantasy football too, if you're doing volume leagues, you're in a bunch of leagues. Median makes sense because uh, those type of things keep keep it going, keep it keep it fair, keep it keep the luck uh, just a little bit undertamed. So I do get them. I do understand why they're beginning to be more popular as more of our um, 
more people are being uh, are are being in more leagues. It makes it yeah. does make more sense uh, to do that. So yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in. That is a wrap on the latest episode of the game plan. Make sure you like this video and subscribe to the Player Profiler YouTube channel. Leave a comment and boost this show's YouTube algorithm. Jason, tell everyone where they can find you on social and where they can get all your content. Shout out to my home league, Reese Fan Club, formerly known as the Tyrickium Invitational. Uh, <laughs> love you guys. Shout out to the Animal Kingdom. That's my 11-11 league we talked about earlier. Shout out yeah. to the Trade Gods Invitational. Fantasy football is awesome. And if you want fantasy football advice, especially advice on how to win your leagues, you've got to tune in to Trade Gods on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. We tell you the players to target. We tell you the players to sell. And we're right 100% of the time, 50% of the time. Also, if you like the news, tune in to Wake and Take Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. here on this channel. And then subscribe to our Instagram and Facebook, Roto Underworld on Instagram, Player Profiler on Facebook. Uh, love it. Make sure you do all of those things. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Matty Kiwum. I did just shave my head, so no more mullet. You, I don't know why I'm revealing that now, but I just, I'm doing it now. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you follow me on Twitter, Matty Kiwoom. Follow all my stuff that comes out. Everything I produce comes through Player Profiler. Stay tuned for the world-famous draft kit. That is going to take the fantasy world by storm, and it's coming out real, real soon. And if you love fantasy football, which I'm sure you do, join the Player Profiler Discord channel with me, Jason, and a number of others from the underworld because we're talking fantasy football 24-7. You can get your trades broken down on Trade Gods if you are in the Discord. So make sure you are a part of that community. And if you have some questions about starting a dynasty or if you want to start a dynasty with Jason or me or anyone from the underworld, get in that Discord because that's how you're going to get – a chance to talk to us and then maybe we want to uh, do another league together so uh, i would just say get in that discord if you love fantasy football keep game planning my friends and i'll see you next week peace